But I do question a system that defends its own freedom while it denies it to others, to an entire race of men. I will admit it, Tom, war is a scourge, but so is slavery. We have seen more suffering than any man should ever see. And if there is going to be an end to it, it must be an end that justifies the cost. A great amount of hullabaloo yesterday. Why? Well, in Lynchburg, Virginia, at the Virginia Military Institute, a statue was removed. There was great objection to the removal of this statue. In fact, the Richmond Times yesterday carried this advertisement. VMI's removal of any of her monuments for the sake of an ignoble appeasement is embracing a politically correct lie in violation of her honor code and her repudiation of her cadets who died on the field of honor. That advertisement was placed by some graduates of VMI who objected to the removal of the statue. The statue was one of its former instructors. It's meaningful in that sense. The man's name was Thomas Jonathan Jackson. You probably know him better as Stonewall Jackson, a general of the Confederate Army who fought vehemently against the Union. Stonewall Jackson was, in fact, a slave owner, although his position on slavery was perhaps not as extreme as some others. He never actually spoke publicly in favor of or against slavery, but he did own slaves. He was well known for his ministry, yes, Christian ministry to the to the slaves of of his area there in Lynchburg, and famous for starting a Sunday school for slaves. It's it's really not the issue here. The issue of the removal of the of the statue is seen in the context of erasing history. This is, I, I, I am somewhat amazed by the number of conservatives, Republicans, who have come out angry about this because it's quote unquote, erasing history. What exactly is it erasing? That's my question. What exactly is being done away with here? The statue, by the way, is being moved to a Confederate museum nearby which is also, by as I understand it, a cemetery where cadets from the VMI who were killed during the Civil War are also buried. This is perhaps in more in keeping with the traditional monuments of that era. But, ex but the statue will still be visible. It'll still be in Lynchburg. What exactly is being erased? It's intriguing to me because Stonewall Jackson is one of those characters in American history who is universally acknowledged as being one of our greatest American generals of all time, which is kind of weird to me because he wasn't an American general. He was a Confederate general. He had been a major in the United States Army before giving up that position to teach at VMI and then accepting a post with the Confederate Army. He is honored throughout our history. There are books, there are numerous television shows and books and everything else you can read about. Some of them are very good. 
And through his history, through our history, Stonewall Jackson has been honored numerous times. He has a statue, of course, at VMI, or had a statue at VMI. There are other statues of him around the country. One of the most impressive monuments to him is in Stone Mountain, Georgia, where along with Jefferson Davis and Robert E. Lee, he has been carved into the side of Stone Mountain. And if you've ever been there, for the record, I used to live about three miles from there. It is a very mm, impressive monument at what is otherwise known as the Confederate National Memorial, where the Confederacy is memorialized. And this giant, this, the picture I'm showing on the, the video doesn't even give it context in size. If you go look at Stone Mountain, you'll see what I'm talking about with laser shows now and everything else. Stonewall Jackson was honored with a submarine in 1963, shortly, just days after President Kennedy had been assassinated. USS Stonewall Jackson was commissioned into our Navy. SSBN 634, and she served our Navy well into the 1980s and 1990s, 1980s for certain, before she was finally decommissioned. Even then, there was some question about whether or not this was appropriate or not, but we got a Robert E. Lee, too, and we also have a USS Carl Vinson that's still in our Navy, which, you know, again, did we really think this stuff through? Are we honoring history or are we honoring a version of history? And that's the question you end up asking yourself. This statue that was removed from VMI is not the history. It represents something, but what exactly does it represent? And that's the question you find yourself asking yourself. I hope anyway. The, the truth of the matter is, that a few years ago it was undertaken and someone counted the actual number of monuments in the United States. And when you exclude the military parks, such as Gettysburg Military Park, um, Chickamauga Military Park, those kind of places, the just general monuments placed in cities around the country, Confederate memorials far outnumber Union memorials, far outnumber them by almost one and a half to one. In fact, there are Confederate memorials located in 31 states, plus Washington, D.C. 31 states is weird to me because there are only 11 states in the Confederacy. They'll claim 13, but there were really only 11. Most of these memorials, most of these monuments were erected around the country from 1890 to 1950 which corresponds in our history with an era of the Bourbon Democrats, KKK, into Jim Crow laws. Almost all of the monuments erected during that time frame, that 1890 to 1950 time frame, glorify Confederate leaders, Jefferson Davis, Robert E. Lee, Stonewall Jackson, Nathaniel Bedford Forrest, so forth and so on which again is a little odd because before that, most of these, uh, most of these, whatever you want to call them, memorials had been placed in cemeteries. 
All of those monuments were there to teach values to people. That's why they put them in city squares. That's why they put them in front of state boilings. Prior to that, most memorials had been placed in cemeteries, which is an appropriate place. Normally, it was they were memorials and monuments to fallen soldiers, people who were killed during the war. But somehow or another, in that 1890 to 1950 range, they began to put them in city squares in front of state buildings and the likes of that. And of course, understanding that values that they were trying to teach is critical to all of this. These statues, again, are not the history. They are there to remind us of something or to teach us a value. What was that value? They stood for values, the values that these monuments stood for, included a, quote, glorification of the cause of the Civil War. And what exactly was the cause of the Civil War? Well, depending on who you talk to, there are people who will tell you that, well, the South was right. It was just the second American Revolution. They were just standing up for their unconstitutional behavior of the North. In fact, one leading Confederate politician, a guy by the name of Alexander Stevens, who had been governor of Georgia, a congressman from Georgia, and somehow or another, at all of 5'7 and less than 100 pounds, ended up as the vice president of the Confederacy. After the war, wrote a rather extensive history of the United States, in which he explained that it was the North's fault. Everything that happened was the North's fault. If they had just been, if they'd just leave us alone, we'd have been all right. He's also famous for giving this speech called the Cornerstone Speech, which I'm not going to read you the whole thing. But on March 21st of 1861 in Montgomery, Alabama, he gave this speech, our new government is founded upon exactly the opposite idea. Now, the opposite idea is he had outlined how the framers of the Constitution and the founders of the country were mistaken in believing that slavery was morally wrong. Its foundations are laid, he continued. Its cornerstone rests upon the great truth that the Negro is not equal to the white man, that slavery, subordination to the superior race is his natural and normal condition. This, our new government, is the first in the history of the world based upon this great physical, philosophical, and moral truth. Throughout our history, there has been, and we talked about this extensively last summer when we talked about the election of 1876 on Constitution Thursday. There has been this creation of the so-called lost cause myth. How you end up with books like this that came out back in, I remember it coming out in the 80s, but it might have been the late 70s. The South was right. James Ronald Kennedy's, Walter Donald's Kennedy's book, which is basically a rehash of Alexander's ideas, Stevens's ideas, that the North was at fault. It's a remarkable book in that it almost doesn't even address slavery at all. And yet the cornerstone speech, the records of the debates on succession, secession, are very clear that slavery was the issue. It was why the South seceded. It was why the South fired first. It's why the South attacked the Union. This lost cause myth has led to really where we are today. Go back to our shows this summer about the 1876 election and the way that the 
Republicans essentially abandoned the African Americans in the South, abandoned enforcement to the 14th, 15th uh, Amendment, 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, and we're reminded of how the lost cause myth, this idea that the South was rat, shifted the, the mentality from slavery to violence. In the 1876 election, guns were pulled, African Americans were killed for the concept that they might support Republican votes, that we're talking about cheating in this last election. <laughs> Folks, we don't even know what cheating looks like. We're talking about elections where people were murdered to intimidate people, not, and I'm not talking about one person, I'm talking about dozens, hundreds murdered to intimidate people into not voting for Republicans. When that violence more or less lessened, it led to discrimination, which was the Jim Crow laws, again passed by Southern Bourbon Democrats. And Jim Crow led to an obsequiousness that was in many ways similar to Thomas Stonewall Jackson's attitude, which was the, the, the African-American is incapable of, of teaching himself or lifting himself up, and I've got to do it. It's my moral duty to uplift him because he can't do it. And so I've got to do it for him. It's shifted to this mindset of obsequiousness in government that we have to help everybody because they can't do it. The question that I'm left with with these folks who are upset about this removal of this Jackson statue from a state-funded university is why are, you so, why are so many of you defending a false history, a history that your political history doesn't support? Why are there more Confederate memorials than there are Union memorials? Did we forget the sacrifice, the sweat, the tears, the anguish of the Union in defeating slavery? in eradicating it from our country? Did we forget that and replace that with this lost cause myth that the South was right? You do understand they would not have gotten rid of slavery. That was not their intention. Their entire government, the cornerstone of their government was laid on the foundation that slavery was fine and dandy and correct. The statue of Stonewall Jackson is not history. It never was history. What, why is it not history? Well, the statue lacks context. There's nothing there that actually tells the story of Thomas Jonathan Stonewall Jackson, other than he had been an instructor back in the 1860s, 59s and 60s, at the Virginia Military Institute. It lacks context. The, the, the stone mountain carving, the CSA Memorial in Georgia, it lacks context. It doesn't, it, it's as if in those, in the vision of those monuments, the idea that slavery had to be destroyed because it was evil doesn't exist. It's not, I, I've been watching this thing about Scientology and, you know, telling Rod about this on Sunday and the fact that, you know, Scientologists, it's so hard to get through to them because it's impossible for them to even accept the idea that they might be wrong, that something might be off. They can't even, it, it doesn't even register. And it's almost like, We've forgotten, we've completely eliminated the idea that the Union was fighting for something and that that something mattered. It, it's like we've just, 
it, we don't even think about it anymore. We don't have the context of that anymore. All that said, I do oppose the removal of these statues. Not because they're removing history. They're not removing history. That's not what they're doing. They may not even know what they're doing. They may be, it may in fact be appeasement. But the removal of these monuments denies us a chance to put that context into what's happening. It denies us the opportunity to talk about, okay, why exactly did Stonewall Jackson decide that his belief in the deity was so dear and so compelling that the man rode into battle? It's not made up, folks. The man would ride into battle with his right hand raised to the Almighty God because he was certain that Almighty God was on his side. And he would ride on his horse in the battle with his hand in the air, supplicating to God. His, his faith required him to have the Sunday school for slaves. Why is this a man with that much devotion to the concept of the deity look at his oath to the United States and go, hmm, not that important? It's okay for me to kill Yankees because they're opposing the Almighty God. Why do we never talk about that fact? Why do we never put those things into context? And this statue could have been used for that context. Same with Stone Mountain. I'd love to see Stone Mountain present a more contextual presentation of what the Confederacy really was. I've been all over the Confederacy, folks. I've, I used to live in the Deep South. I've been all over the Confederacy. I've been to the cemeteries. I've been to these monuments. I've been to these places. Let me tell you, there's a place in, in, in central Georgia. If you want to know what the Civil War cost, you should go there, called Andersonville. It was a prison of war camp in, during the Civil War for Union prisoners. And I was there in 1994. It was a brilliantly sunny day. It was a beautiful day with just a few clouds in the sky and flowers blooming the whole nine yards. I'm telling you, as I walked around that place, you can still, 130 years later, you can still smell the death, the sacrifice, the story of that place. It is filled with gravestones for Union soldiers who died there. That puts context. You can have your statues of of Thomas Stonewall Jackson and Robert E. Lee and Jefferson Davis and Bedford Forrest and all those fellows, Braxton Bragg. You can have all those statues you want. But the ones that tell the real story are the Union headstones. The men who hallowed that ground. The men who sacrificed so that all men would be free. And unless your statue tells that context and that story, you're not erasing history because it isn't history. It's a myth. It's a belief that somehow or another, you want to glorify the cause of the Civil War, which no matter how you slice it, no matter how much you believe to the contrary, the Civil War was because the South believed that they should, that it was morally correct 
ungodly to own other people. You don't believe that. You never believed that. My ancestors didn't believe it. That's what we should be celebrating instead of whining about a statue of a man who fired on his own country being removed from a school that we pay for.